Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. What I want to do this morning, uh, I'm going to teach for a little bit, then we're going to do an activation, then I'm going to teach for a little bit, then we're going to do an activation, teach for a little bit, and then do an activation. And oh, look, um, I'm going to pretend to be a little bit like Josh today. Okay, this is my first time ever having a clicker and I'm quite excited and I had to get my big brother to build my slide for me because even though I'm a TV director, I don't know how to build a PowerPoint. So, uh, <laughs> power. Um, I want to start off with a little bit of a story because I wouldn't be me if I didn't. Um, at a time where God spoke to me and I thought it was my imagination combined with heightened paranoia. Okay, because uh, God can speak to you all of the time, and I often misdiagnose God a lot. And so, this one time I'm driving, and it's a really foggy night, and I'm on the motorway. And you know, when you're in a little bit of fog, and all of a sudden you drive into a big thick pocket, and it's like, oh. And so, I'm driving, I hit this big pocket of fog, and it's just getting thicker and thicker. And this thought pops into my imagination. Um, and I was kind of a little bit overtired, so I just thought I was being paranoid. And a thought popped into my head. It's pretty foggy tonight. You could run somebody over. And I went, oh, oh, that's a little bit of a, an out there thought. I said, well, you know, mathematically I could. So I'm driving at 100 k's on the motorway. So I was like, oh, just, I'm just going to slow down to 90 because I'm just feeling a little bit nervous. But then that thought just stayed there and it started building in my imagination because I can be a bit of an overthinker. And so I started thinking, oh, what would happen if that happened? And I thought, oh, no, I'd probably go to jail for manslaughter. Um, because I wasn't driving to the conditions. And so I thought, oh, I would, I'd go to jail for manslaughter. So then I started to get a little bit nervous, and I'm still on the motorway. So now I slow down to about 80 k's. Okay, now I'm that annoying guy on the motorway, driving at 80 k's, because I'm like, I don't want to go to jail. And then my imagination carried on. This, this goes for about six or seven minutes. I started to imagine, how long would my sentence be? I don't know. How much would I miss of my kids growing up? And then what would it be like when Jasmine comes to visit me? And I would miss her ballet recitals. And then like, I got more and more paranoid. So then I turn onto Tram Road, which is another 100K road, and I slow down to 70. And I'm like, oh. And then I start getting like, oh my gosh, like this is, oh my God. And it starts going through my head. So then I drive at 60. And before I know it, I'm driving on Tram Road, 40Ks an hour. Peering over my, like leaning forward on this, where's the person that I'm going to run over? Where are they? Where? Are, like, I am, honestly, I am full peaking. I am pumping with adrenaline. My heart is pounding in my chest. And this thought is going over and over and over in my mind. If you're not careful, you could run somebody over tonight and it's going to change the rest of your life. You could kill somebody tonight. And so I am full heightened, staring. And then all of a sudden, because I'm looking for every, every different part of fog, could be a person standing in the middle of the road. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, there they are. And I slow right down, and there's a person standing in the middle of the road. Not just one person, there's about 20 to 30 people, totally drunk, all standing in the middle of the road. And so I slow down to about, I don't know, five or 10 k's and slowly just start weaving through this mob of young adults who had a massive party. They were all totally drunk, standing in the middle of the road. And as I'm weaving through, I can see these uh, red and blue lights um, behind me in the mirror as the police have obviously been called to try and figure this out. But I would have driven through about 20 to 30 people at 80 to 100 k's, and then there would have been police there about 10 seconds later. <coughs> 
And so it was a pretty intense story that I thought was my imagination on hyperdrive, but it was actually God sitting in the car next to me yelling, Jared, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down, and speaking to my imagination, getting me to reduce my speed over and over to the point that I'm in full adrenaline, peering over the steering wheel, looking for this mythical person. Nine times out of ten, if you have that, that's probably the fact that you just need more sleep. But this one time, for me, it was Jesus. So the moral of the story is, learn to hear the voice of God, or you might never actually know what's going on. So we're going to do that today. I'm going to try my magic clicker. Let's see. Does it work? Does it work? Yes. Uh-huh. God's voice in community. You don't have to point at it. I'll point it at you. I'm going to point it at you. God's voice in community. Oh, Josh has a power. Okay, so we're going to do, we're looking at the way that God speaks to us as a body, as part of his family. So God speaks to me, directly to me, but God also speaks to Kira to give Kira words of encouragement and directions for me. So God speaks this way and he also speaks this way. So God's voice and community. So what we're going to do is we're first going to spend a bit of time this morning having God speaking directly to us. And then we're going to have time of God speaking to us for somebody else. And in our break time, when we do that, you can take notes on your phone. Or if you'd like some pen and paper, there's some tables at the back with pens and paper that Josh got for me because he's such a nice big brother. Uh, But so that we're a little bit prepared, I'm going to go through a few things that we get to remember as we do this because there's zero pressure on us. Okay, There's no pressure for us to perform, to hear God today or anything like that. The fact that we're just stepping out and having a go with Holy Spirit, He really enjoys. So the first thing that we're going to remember today as we do this, remember God lives in you. Those who are in Christ are a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so you actually have the living God living inside of you. So imagine for a moment if you're trying to hear Josh speak and Josh is down at the corner and he's speaking in a whisper. It's going to be really hard to hear him. But it's really easy to hear God because even his quietest whispers can be quite loud because he's like literally living inside your body. Uh, so he's really easy to hear. The second thing we want to remember is that Jesus is the Word. So not only does God live inside of us, but Jesus is living in us and he's known as the Word. And so I think Josh said this the other day, you don't get the nickname the Word without a lot of things to say. So we have Jesus living in us and he is the Word. So he is always talking. So we have the most incredible being in the universe who is pure love living inside you. You have got pure love living inside you, talking all of the time. So that's, that's a doorway that you really want to open up. I love that verse this morning um, The Kira was reading out, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I'm going to come in and have a meal with them. What I love about that is that if I were writing it, I would say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door is going to let me in and I'm going to do a building inspection. That's what I would be like. I'm going to look to see, is this room in order? Is this the way that it should be? But Jesus' first goal is to come in and have a meal and have relationship. So we can be fearful at times of letting God into secret parts of our heart because we don't want him to see things that, you know, he already knows everything. So you can be really peaceful that you have God living in you and the doors that you open up, you're actually inviting the purest form of love into you, which is really, really cool. And so because of that, we get to totally relax. Um, And this is really important, especially when it comes to getting words for other people. 
we get to relax in this whole space because we're not on trial as sons and daughters of God. This is not a test of how good that you can hear or how well somebody else can hear. If you sit down and you go, man, I just got total blanks. Um, I got nothing. That's totally fine. That happens to me all the time. Um, especially if God's already told me about something and I'm wanting him to tell me something else, um, then he just stops talking to me. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to say anything more. Like you haven't done what I said. So if you get nothing today, don't worry. That happens to me all the time. Um, so just be totally relaxed because no one here is on trial. But what we're going to do is do two activations. If I click this next one, here we go. So we're going to have a bit of time. We're going to put a little bit of worship music on. Um, so if my amazing team at the back could do that. And these are the two questions we're going to ask. Jesus, what is one thing you want me to know about you? How might that change how I think and act? You know, the, the way that we grow in our relationship with God is by discovering more and more of the character of God and letting the character of God begin to shape and mold us because we're called to become more Christ-like. So I used to talk to God a lot. God, what are the things that you want to talk to me about me? What are the areas of my life that need to change? Where do I need to grow? Where are the insecurities that we need to fix up? And I'd have these conversations all the time until one day God said, man, talking with you is kind of boring. You only ever want to talk about yourself. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm way more interesting than you are. Um, If we would talk about me, most of your problems about you would take care of themselves. So it's good to be self-aware, but it's even greater to be God-aware. So that's why we're going to have these questions today, because the more we become God-aware and the more we stand in that awareness of who He is with the realization that that's our God-given identity as well, the more our old self falls off and that new identity begins to manifest in our life. So let's put a little bit of music on and we're going to put five minutes on the timer up here. Um, If you get done before that, that's great. If you sit there for five minutes and you get blanks the whole time, that's totally fine as well. You're going to take some pen and paper and write down the things. And this is what I want to say is while you're writing, you don't have to assess, is this my imagination or is this God? You actually get to judge it later. Often the very first thought that comes to your head is God. Okay, so just be totally relaxed and just write things down. You might just write down, Jesus, what is one thing you want me to know about you? And you might just get raspberries. And you're like, wow. You know, and if you get something confusing like that, feel free to ask him more questions. Jesus, what do you want me to know about you and raspberries? You know, what do you want, what are you trying to say? And just write it out like a letter. Don't feel the need to bullet point and just put the snapshots. Just write out the conversation. Sometimes I like to write, God and then what he's saying and then I write me and then what I'm saying because otherwise I look back at it later and I can't figure out who was who in the conversation Um, but I'm sure that you'll have more intelligence than me in that all right so phones out quickly grab a pen and paper if you need one I'll give you a moment to get settled if you want to move around the room feel free Um, if you want to go sit down in a corner or you might be you know a little bit like me you need to be constantly moving then feel free to walk around the room. You can even duck into the foyer if you want to. And when you see me give a wave, pop back in. All right, our five minutes, ladies and gentlemen, is going to start now. Awesome. Just wrap that up there. If you're partway through, carry on with that at home. We just want to do a few, few, few tasters. Um, what I want to do really quickly is 
a show of hands, um, I, I sometimes find it quite difficult to do an aspect of journaling sitting down in a room like this. I'm much better off to go for a walk and just chat to God and then write down my thoughts as they come to me. But who, give me a wave if you felt as though you, if you anyone that wrote anything down, give me a wave if you wrote something down. Awesome, awesome. About two thirds of the room. Did anybody get anything that God showed them? Um, about one thing that they wanted you to know about him. You want to got something that they would be happy to share. Yes. Um, I just got a, immediately like a picture of um, Jesus like holding my hand and we're going forwards. So I wrote down, um, always holding my hand and guiding my way forward even into places unknown. Second question it was um, it causes me to rely more on him day to day um, and that Proverbs three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Nice, awesome. Anybody else? Um, so God gave me the picture of an electrical cable. Um, and basically it's a long standing battle I felt like with the Trinity. Um, just giving the, like the three wires inside an electrical cable that you need kind of all three to kind of have the power through. Um, although technically you don't need all three, um, but but one of them is like a safety mechanism. And so for for you to kind of hear God correctly, safely, you need to be kind of incorporating all, all parts. Um, and so for me that was kind of a, you know God, Jesus, you hear directly from, and Holy Spirit just helps to guide and give wisdom for, for what He's hearing and teaching thanks Tim that's pretty cool we just put our hands together for those that shared that's awesome it's always good it's, it's fun sharing because then other people get to hear and like oh oh that's you know that's that's awesome and it helps you give you a bit of a filter oh maybe maybe what I wrote maybe that was God um, and if you've got a big maybe question mark over what you wrote uh, just come share all of them with Josh and uh, he'd love to coach you through that. That's like his dream thing to be doing. Um, okay, I want to move over to a few other points. Um, but before I do, the reason why I've got here, how might this change how I think and act? Often what we can do, especially in Pentecostal churches, is that people get a prophetic word and they're all excited about it. And then they say the things, oh, great, I'm just going to put that on the back burner um, and then see what happens. But often if you look in the Bible, when somebody gets a prophetic word, it's almost like God being a guarantor, signing on to an aspect of their life that, hey, if you step into this area, you're going to have success. And so when we get a prophetic word or God speaks to us directly about something to do with His nature, it is often an invitation to step into something new in life or take a risk in something. And so when God gives us a prophetic word or someone gives us a prophecy, one of the great questions that we can ask, you know, we go through those five filters that Josh spoke about last week. Who can remember what the five filters were other than Josh? Who can remember what one of the filters were? Does it agree with the Bible? Does it make me more like Jesus? Stole that one. I quickly think on the spot. There's three more to choose from. Yes, to my Christian friends and those that are mature, support this. 
stop reading your notes. Does it, does it consume my responsibility? And the last one, what was the last filter? The convicting, not condemning. Great. So another question, that once we've gone through our five filters and we've judged a word, because we do that um, and we go through this with the God spoken to us or somebody has given us a word, the next question that we ask is, how should this change what I believe and which would then change how I think, which would then change how I act? What are you inviting me into, God? It could just be a new way of thinking that's going to bring freedom around your life that you're going to need to partner with. Okay, so we're going to move through because the purpose of hearing God is to become more like Him, is our relationship, is to begin to become closer to Him so we can become more like Him. So if all we do is we get words from God and they're a nice tickle moment, we go, oh, that felt good, and then we never do anything with it, that would be like a marriage where you come home and say, hey, honey, I'd really love it if you made dinner tonight. And she goes, oh, it feels so nice that you would love it if I made dinner. And you come at dinner time and there's no dinner. I thought we had a conversation. Oh, we did. I just felt so offended that you love my cooking. Oh, but where's, where's the food? Oh, I didn't know I needed to do something. You know, and that's sometimes how we can treat our relationship with God. Okay, so moving along. Um, boundaries. So when we are giving somebody a word, because soon we're going to be moving into getting a word for somebody, a real simple thing is we like to have boundaries. So we know that all of our words should be encouraging. They should be life-giving um, because of the message we had last week. So when we get words for people today, we're not looking for areas to correct a person. We are looking for the areas that God has wanted to give life and encouragement to them in. But one of our boundaries is this is one of my favorite statements, no dates, mates, or correction. Okay, so no dates. I've heard people tell people shocking things like, hey, I think you're going to marry that person. God's told me. And they're like, wow. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, face palm. Now I have to go tell everybody that they're being dumb. Um, no dates. Um, so that is also like, hey, I think God's going to do this in your life. And I guarantee it is going to happen on this day. Now, that's great if you then are going to bear the consequences if you are wrong. Um, but you need to be pretty clued up in your ability to perceive the Word of God to be able to be that specifically accurate. But maybe, you know, uh, maybe God will do that for you. But if you're wrong, you have to take ownership for that and go around and actually go, you know what, I gave you this word. Clearly, I got that wrong. That's my responsibility. I'm very sorry. So better to just not go there. And then obviously, no correction is what we were speaking about before. And one of our other things is, this is the most important, taking a risk. Most of the time when I go to get a word for somebody, it actually starts with just one word. You know, and I'll see somebody and go, I want you to pray for this person. And the word that I have for them is butterfly. And I'll be like, oh God, this guy's like six foot five. Um, I don't want to go up to him and say, I've got a word for you and then say butterfly. He goes, no, no, just do that. It's going to be awesome. And I'll get this sort of sick feeling in my stomach as the fear in me is just like, oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't. You're going to look stupid. And God says, no, 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 no. I might give you more words when you go. And I'll be like, Mike. He's like, yeah, I might do. I'm like, what if you don't do? Well, then just say butterflies and then don't say anything else. You know? And so most of the time, God likes to partner with us, so He'll give us the very first step, butterfly. So you're going to go up to someone, you're going to go, oh, I've got a word for you, um, and it's butterfly. 
and they'll look at you. I had someone say this to me once. I got a word for you. And I was like, yep. And they go, I see a picture of an old boat. And I was like, yep. And they go, the end. That's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Good. <laughs> um, and so when we're going to take our risk today and you're going to pray for somebody, you're going to get a word for them. You might just get one word. Okay. But it's when you step out that then God releases the next part of the sentence and then the next part of the sentence because he goes, oh, this is so exciting. They're taking risks. Um, My kids are being adventurous in this really safe confines of their friend family group. Okay, so taking risks is going to be really, really important. And if you get one word and nothing follows with it, the fact that you said your one word is really, really successful. And I also want to follow that up with if you get zero words, but you go, hey, I'd love to pray for you. I'm going to ask God for a word. And you go, thank you, Jesus, for this person because you're doing the nice Pentecostal stalling where you're just trying to like, like, <clears throat> like crank up the engine is what I always do. If you're up here and I'm praying for them, I'm just like, Jesus, I just biblical truth says thank you that you love them. I think you got a plan for them. I'm just like, come on, Holy Ghost, get through my brain. Um, and then at the end of that, you're just like, be blessed. Um, You still put yourself out there, so that's a win, okay? So if you're doing this and you get absolutely nothing, then just go, God, I just thank you that you love them. God, I thank you that you have a plan for them because the spoken word is the word of God and it carries the same authority when it was God breathed for the first time that it does today. So with all else fails, release the power of God over somebody and their life can change. Okay. Josh is awesome. You know, if you look in the dictionary, um, the definition of awesome means awe-inspiring and worthy of praise. Um, so, well, enjoy your hamper. And Ro wrapped that up nicely for you. Judge the word. Wow. Okay. So judge the word. We spoke about this before. Uh, but some of the other ways, we've got the five filters, but one of the other filters that, because um, Josh said the other day, there's more than five. One of my favorite ones is, does this resonate with me? When someone gives a prophetic word, and it might be a directional word, it can be difficult to line it up with all of those filters. So one of the other ones that I bring in is, does this word resonate in my heart? Do I feel the presence of God when this person's sharing the word? And the other one is, does this word match up with what God's been talking to me about in my private life? Is, is, this, is this coming in an alignment with what I've been daydreaming about and been praying about? Is this a confirmation word or is it a red hearing? Because um, when we prophesy over somebody and we give them a word, there's two powerful people in it. There's a person who's getting the word from God, really, really powerful moment. Then equally powerful is the person receiving the word. Um, and that person has every right to smile and wave, take that prophetic word and go, Ugh, put it in the toilet and go, flush, no thank you. Um, and I've had to do that lots of times with people that come up and they go, I've got a word for you and, and I, just see, I just see the Lord saying I'm with you, but I know that you're about to go through some intense trauma and grief is brooding around your life. And I see God is gonna take you into the deep, dark places of despair. And as you wallow in despair, and as you begin to cry out and in this brokenness, God begins to unpack the frailty of your masculinity. I'm just like, flush, flush, flush. Flush. I like your tone. Keep flush. You know, and they're like, 
And I know that's powerful for you. Moving on, hallelujah. You know, and then you have other people and they're just like really sincere. I have a picture of a boat. The end. Wow. Okay, God, I might ask you my own time. Is there anything you want me to know about this boat? I can actually complete this person's word. Great starting point, God. What else were you wanting to say? What was this person that said there was actually, that was you, and what wasn't? Because sometimes a word can be 80% God and 20% imagination. I guarantee you, guarantee you, is that a word, guarantee? Guarantee to you. Thank you, Josh, for your nod. That most of my words would be around about 70% God, 30% imagination. And I'm pretty stoked with that ratio. Um, so when you get a word today, you want to be putting it through those filters that we talked about. Does this also resonate with you? Does this match up with what God's been talking to you about? Um, and if, it's, if you're getting like, no, 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 you can go, you know what? Um, thank you very much, but uh, no thank you. And then the fun thing is that we're going to ask for feedback because we're wanting to judge each other's words. We need to know, hey, I just gave you a word. I'm just learning. So it'd be really helpful as I'm trying to discover what's my imagination, what's God's thoughts. Can you give me feedback? What parts of my word um, made sense to you? Were there any parts that felt like, yeah, that could have been Jesus? And if not, I mean, my word was hopefully kind and encouraging and life-giving. And so I haven't put a wet blanket on you that you have to flush the whole thing anyway. So we're gonna spend a bit of time asking God for words for people. And then at the end of it, we're gonna ask for feedback. And it's not to go, was this pass or fail? This is like tuning. Have I, have I found the right note? Am I getting closer? And so people often say, how do I know if it's my voice or God's? One of the easiest ways is keep asking the people around you. Keep asking to pray for people and then asking them, did that seem like God to you or is that just me? So when we give a prophetic word, because we're not the Holy Spirit, we're, we're a vessel for Him, we always say, hey, this is what I feel God might be saying. This is what I think God could be um, showing me. Does that make sense to you? Um, and I'll often say all the time. Hey, I've got a word for you. This might just be my imagination, but it's pretty encouraging and, and it feels like it could be God. So if you're happy, I'd just like to run with it and we could talk about it when I've finished. And then I have a conversation with people. I'm like, oh yeah, that was that felt right, that felt right, that felt right. I'm not so sure about that, but because normally they're nice, they go, so I'll just let that sit for a little bit and see if God shows me more, which I means, no, I, you just got that wrong. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We are going to get into twos and threes, preferably with someone that's not your spouse. Um, and we're going to pick one person um, in there. We're going to make sure that everyone's getting one. So if you're in a group of three, then just go around to the person on your left. Or if you're twos, then it's the person you're facing, okay? Um, God, what is one thing you love about the person next to me? What is one encouraging word that you have for them today? And by one encouraging word, I don't mean butterfly. I mean like a statement. Okay, so let's get up. Let's move around the room. Find some people that you can pray with. Um, and that would be excellent. Twos and threes. So we don't spend ages in a large group giving each other feedback. Because once you've done this, we're going to ask each other for feedback. Okay. Remembering there is no pressure for you. That you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. It's not a test. It's just an opportunity to take a risk.
once you've worked out, um, so the last thing I forgot to say, if I could just have everyone's focus back for a moment. Once you've worked out who you're praying for, you have the choice. Um, the cheap seats, please, just for a moment. Once you've worked out who you're praying for, you have the choice of either writing down the Word for them, so you can be writing it down for each other at the same time, or if you're an external communicator, actually just asking you to pray for them and then just doing it out loud in the moment. Awesome. Awesome. If you just stay where you are, but I'm just going to bring everybody's attention back towards me. That'd be nice. Awesome. Give me a wave if you uh, attempted, if you attempted to get a word for somebody. Not if you got one, but you tried. Awesome. Give me, a, give me a wave if you didn't get a chance to try because somebody prophesied over you the whole time and that was awesome. All right. Um, who, who, give me a wave if you received a word and you just felt like, not whether that was God or not, but it was just encouraging. Who got a word that was encouraging? Awesome. Because that's, that's our first goal. Our first goal is to get a word that is encouraging. Um, encouragement is one of the foundational cornerstones of the gift of the prophetic. Um, the Holy Spirit is so encouraging. He's so, so life-giving. Awesome. Who took a risk giving a word and you weren't sure if it was God or not? Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, I had somebody run up to me and they had a word for me. And they're like, oh, I don't know if this is God or not. And they said the word. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's awesome because it's almost pretty much verbatim with what I'd written in the journaling time. Because you know how I said, ask God what's something that He wants you to show about Himself? I misread my question, even though I taught about that. I said, God, what's one thing you like about me? <laughs> and so I wrote all that out. And I was like, why does this feel weird? And I was like, oh, wrong question. Too late. Um, and then, then this person came up, like, I've got a word for you. And, I was, and they just like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, that's cool. the same one. So even though, I asked the, even though I asked the wrong question, God still gave me an answer. Uh, what a nice dad we have. Uh, so I just really want to encourage you, even if you're starting totally doing the wrong thing like I was, God's just excited that you're starting. Um, I'm teaching it doing the opposite of what I said to do and God's still excited about the fact that I'm making a total mess of my own, own wee thing. Um, he's just such an awesome dad. Sometimes when I need a, a directional word or Rowena and I need to decide on something for our life, what we'll do is that I will, I will go and I'll ask the Holy Spirit for three to five questions. My God, what are three to five things that I need to be asking you? Because I have an idea of what we need to talk about, but what I think we need to talk about might not be the actual issue. And so I'll often go and I go, God, the first thing I need to know are what are the questions that I should be asking you? And once I have those three to five questions, I write them out, I give them to Rowena, she will go into one room and I'll go into another room and we'll ask God those questions. We don't do this very often, but just when we need to, We'll ask God those questions and then we'll come back and we'll just compare our answers together. So a great way in growing in your relationship with God is to start with going, God, what are the things that I need to be asking you? 
Sometimes we can be praying for things and it's like God's not saying anything back. And it's not that He doesn't want to talk to us. It's just that we're actually asking the wrong question. And so starting with that place of humility, going, God, what are the things that I need to ask you? And then having a prayer partner asking God those same questions, someone that you can trust, could be a great step. Or two or three prophetic people that go, hey, would you ask God these questions with me? And I'm going to ask as well. And then we can get together. We can compare which ones of our answers match. Um, there's a ministry over in the States. I went to a prophetic school and they do that, but they do it for missing children's cases for the FBI. Um, and they get a bunch of questions and they give it out to the prophetic teams who aren't allowed to communicate to each other. And then all the information gets fed back and then all the stats that correlate and match up get passed on to the FBI. And they've used that to find um, kidnapped children where the prophetic team have gone, we've got a license plate number and three teams have come back with the same license plate number or we've got a street address and they've gone and they've found the children. So it's incredibly powerful what you can do in the kingdom of God to see His kingdom move when you begin to develop your ability to hear what God's saying in a community of other people. So lastly, um, we're going to move through is, last one, stewarding the Word. So I talked before about the fact that we don't want to just take a Word and put it on a back burner because often a Word is an invitation to step into something new with God. And so what we want to be doing, because if you're like me, you're really, really forgetful. Okay, and God speaks to me. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is life-changing. And the next day I'm like, why did I not write that down? What was that thing that was so life-changing? And I was crying um, before lunch and I was crying after lunch because He gave me something else that was life-changing. So this is what we want to do. God speaks to you. God, how should this word impact the way I feel, think or act? We spoke about that before. The next question is, how often should I remind myself of this word and how? Um, I had a picture from God the other day um, and it had a word and it was governing the way I should take risks in leading Fantail. So I wrote that sentence down and I put it on my calendar at work. So every day I open up my calendar to see what appointments I have or the next day what appointments do I have. And the very first thing on my, on my list is remembering that word. So I remember that picture at the start of every day. Um, Rowena's got a couple of statements that God's given her and she's got reminders on her phone and they go off three times a day um, to be reminded so that prophetic word can keep washing over her. So with the prophetic words that you've been given or the things that God has shown about you, we're just gonna take two minutes now and I'm gonna ask God this. How should these words impact the way I feel, think or act? How often should I remind myself of this word and how? Awesome. So we're going to do two minutes now and then we're going to wrap up at the end. Awesome. Let's just do that. Awesome. Hey, thanks for letting me share with you this morning. Uh, just to kind of wrap up this morning and put a bow around it. We grow so much in our relationship with God when we just take the time to ask Him questions. And I love the fact, you know, one of the best ways to enter into the presence of God is with praise and worship. So we had a nice time of praise and worship becoming this morning aware of the presence of God. And then just quietly just sitting and taking the time to ask Him questions about Himself. Asking, you know, Father, what would you like to say about somebody else? What, you know, what would you like to talk to me about today, God? What? And so these questions, I, I, you know, I had a teeny bit of time going, God, what would be some great questions that people could ask? But if you wanted to add something into the routine of your relationship with God, 
would be just regularly asking God. You might just do this once a week or once a day. God, what is one question you'd like me to ask you? What is one thing that you would like to talk about? And then when you get that question, then just sit with it and go, what, what do you want me to know about this, Father? We, we so often go into our relationship with God with an agenda that is based out of our own need and we can miss out on the richness of heaven and what He's actually got for us because we're not pursuing in our relationship the things that He's actually got for us in that season. So taking the time going, Holy Spirit, what would you like me to be talking about with you? And then just write it down. You might get one question, you might get five questions, you might get one that leads into a whole list of things. And just take time writing it out, write it out, write it out. This is God, and then this is me in a a blue pen asking another question, and this is Jesus in a red pen answering. You sit there with a couple different pens or however you wanna do it, and just write pages of things, and then you can get together with a friend that's growing in the same thing. You're going, hey, this is what God might be showing me. What's He showing you at the moment? Yeah, that sounds like Jesus. That matches up with the Word of God. Yeah, that resonates in my spirit. Yeah, that's matching up with what He's been talking to me about. And so we go on this journey of discovering more and more of who He is. And then we start having moments when we're in the supermarket. And because we've been practicing and someone walks past us and God says, hey, they're having issues with their kids. I just need you to go and tell them, hey, I believe that God says that you're an amazing mum." And that's not something that I do often, but every now and then there'll be someone that will walk past me and I'll just say, hey, I'm sorry, this sounds a bit random, um, but you walk past and I just felt God spoke to me. He wants you to know that you're doing an amazing job as a parent. And they're like, are you serious? Like, yeah, he just, he loves watching you with the way that you're with your kids and he so appreciates all the effort that you're putting into them. You know, you just have these moments where we begin dropping in because you're learning to hear his voice. And then you're taking that outside of here into the community. And that just is when it starts to get a whole lot more fun. So awesome. Thank you everyone for taking risks today. Everyone that felt like they got a word, everybody that felt like they got nothing. We're like, the whole thing is actually about just experimenting and taking a risk. If you felt like you got nothing in this environment, then I want to encourage you, maybe try some of the principles in a different environment. Maybe go into a cafe or, or go for a walk or go sit down by the beach and with like 10 blankets and a hot water bottle because we live in Christchurch and it's freezing in the winter. Um, but don't, don't go away going feeling discouraged if you didn't get something. It could just be that this space um, is not what you're wired for while you're practicing. When, you get, when it gets clear and easy, you can do it in any environment. But when you're learning, sometimes the environment can matter and you want to stack the odds in your favor. So try it in different spaces, different environments, moving, going for a walk, going for a run, whatever. You get the picture. I think you've all done really, really well. Um, thank you so much for taking risks this morning, putting yourself out there, and it, it was awesome. And I'm just going to wrap the service. I'll wrap the service. That's the end. Go out, have a tea or coffee. Collect your children from down there on the right. Remember to sign them out and have a fantastic rest of your day. Prayer meetings on Monday night and connect groups. Our life groups are really important. We do community together. And I'm Josh. Awesome. The end.